simpler sentences, shorter sentences, direct tone, fewer adjectives or no adjectives, clear voice and clear answers. I think those things. So typically, you know, you begin by stating the clear purpose and clarity of purpose means you describe, hey, you know, what is this meeting about or what is this talk about or what is this feature about? And you also describe what it is not about. I've always been fascinated with Amazon's writing culture. You know, I'm not talking just about the six-page memos, but overall writing culture that the company has. And uh, in this AMA, I speak with uh, Kintan. Kintan is uh, a long-term Amazonian, and his last role with Amazon was he was GM of Amazon Music Podcast. And uh, we, we talk about the whole writing culture, and most importantly, what early-stage startups or product teams can learn from it. Go ahead and give it a listen. Uh, so those of you who don't know Kintan, Kintan is former GM at Amazon Podcast, head of products at Amazon Music, and is an Amazon veteran. So, uh, and today the, 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 the conversation is largely going to be, you know, around how Amazon has the, the overall writing culture at Amazon. And what is it that one can derive those from an early stage startup perspective? Right. So, so Kintan, it would be great if you can walk us through a little bit on the, the PR FAQ process. How does it work? When does it actually start? Of course. And first of all, thanks. Thanks a lot for having me here and uh, excited to uh, uh, to share some perspectives and, and get to talk with, uh, with some of you live and, and a few <laughs> and, and several others uh, in, a, uh, in a at a later point. Yeah. The I think the idea, the genesis is uh, is to create a mock press release and an FAQ. And the reason it's a it's more of a press release is to make sure that it's it's not written in context of uh, just as a feature spec, but more context of a customer's voice or uh, no a, a layman's voice, a lay, like, a, like a general normal person's voice. Uh, and that's why you know imagining as if you're writing a mock press release uh, serves as a good uh, a good metaphor where uh, you know at the end of the day, the idea of building successful products is to start with the customers and the customer's problem, you know, start with who you are building with, what what are their problems, how are you gonna solve them, why are these the most important problems, why is this the right solution, uh, why now? Uh, and, and then work backwards from those problems. The idea is to ensure that before we invest energy or too much resources, too many resources in co- writing code or, you know, going deeper, just if the teams can spend a lot more time or in the very front load, a lot of uh, energies in identifying and validating the hypotheses uh, in from a customer's viewpoint. You know, that that will serve, that will go to serve a long, long way. And press release essentially, you know, describes the problem and the solution in from a customer's viewpoint. And uh, you know, in a press release, you wouldn't expect in a generic press release, you wouldn't expect to find any jargon or things that somebody internal to the company or internal to the you know but general public may not be aware of so uh, that's the reason to use that as a format and that that has worked well uh, at least uh, at amazon i've seen that to be working well at many startups uh, uh, where i've worked with that really the customer centric narrative uh, works quite well it's typically you know a one page long release followed by frequently asked questions and the press release has a customer quote, uh, 
in addition to describing the problem and solution in a very you know, straightforward, very normal, uh, standard, generic language that uh, that's very accessible by uh, by your ideal customers. Then FAQs, the frequently asked questions, they tend to be in the context of uh, first both the customers as well as internal stakeholders. So customer questions may be, hey, how do I get started? Where do I install this app or where do I check out this feature or how much does it cost and uh, and and so on versus questions for stakeholders tend to be around hey you know what is the solution is this the right solution how much budget do we need for this how much funding do we need for this what is the uh, what is the release cadence you know what is the minimal lovable product or minimal viable product and how are we going to prioritize and stack rank the features within this broader vision? The long term may be much grander, but how are we going to go, you know, uh, divide it in a, in, into smaller chunks so that we can go and uh, start adding value to customers sooner rather than having to do one big blob release? Uh, if there are other, you know, what's the PM plan, what's the marketing plan, what's the approach towards uh, selling it if it's a B2B product, if it's a B2C product, then, hey, you know, what's the budget for marketing? How are you going to raise awareness for it? How does it interact with other features? So things along those lines, if there's content involved, then how are we going to get licensing for this for a particular piece of content? So the idea is to paint the picture from a customer vision perspective, include a customer quote uh, to kind of really describe the problem and solution and then follow it up with questions that a customer may ask and questions that the internal stakeholders may ask. And do that at the very beginning before writing before writing the first line of code, I would say. Uh, oftentimes, if, if it's it's a good practice to accompany it with mock-ups, you know, very you know, low-fidelity mock-ups, not really high-fidelity, but just to understand uh, how how something may look visually that makes sense very interesting i mean this is something which uh, even i kind of uh, have felt that you know if we had written a press release before building <laughs> you know we, we could have saved a lot of iterations but uh, you know I mean, i'm coming from a purely um, you know a point of view that uh, uh, you know let's take it to say from amazon to you know an early stage startup yeah, right. you know, uh, I mean, um, so 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 I believe, uh, Kindan, that you know you have you're doing your own startup now, right? Yes. You know, so so uh, you know, a, a very practical question here is that uh, how are you going to take this, you know, the whole idea, and implement this in your current setup when you know things are a lot more hazy. Uh, yeah. You don't know what's going to work. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm using pretty much the same the same process and uh, it's phenomenal how how much clarity there is in context of you know sharing this with uh, potential employees investors even customers you know at the very early stage you know iterating through a few ideas and you know having written down what the problem we are solving what who the customers are or potential prospects are uh, what the solution might look like having the right mockups I think when you when you write those things down and share them with uh, various stakeholders ahead of time, it, it really goes a long way to show that you know, there is there's a lot of things that goes in and uh, uh, that goes into building the plan and whether or not it works, 
you know, that's a second order bit, but at least mm. it forces, you know, when you write full sentences and several pages, you know, five, six pages worth of full sentences, uh, there's no doubt that you have clarity of thought. You know, what questions or what, what hypotheses need to be validated, which ones are, uh, which ones do we have answers for? You know, building products or building startups is often a race against time and uncertainty. And uh, if you can, if you can really call down or create a risk stack, for instance, a stack of all the risks the startup needs to take and really write it down and say, hey, you know, these are the risks, these are the unknowns, and this is the order in which we need to kind of validate or invalidate these hypotheses to convert those unknowns into, into knowns. It really helps. Uh, I've, I've found that writing a memo of sorts uh, before creating a deck investor presentation deck also goes a long way. I found it to be quite helpful. I know several entrepreneurs, several founders have been doing that lately and that's just refreshing and it's, it just gives you a deeper perspective. I think the quality of the conversations, if you've sent the memo to a certain investor, you know, after your deck, it, it really helps with the quality of the conversation, quality of the due diligence and, and follow up conversations. Yes, you know, I, this is very interesting because this is something which I have, uh, I mean, we, uh, you know, I have kind of started also following up, you know, in, in terms of uh, writing a memo because it, it gives you a lot of clarity in terms of the typical questions that are going to be asked and the overall thought process. Um, so, so, you know, from a writing perspective, right, uh, so, so what are some of those do's and don'ts which you think are really important because as uh, uh, I mean, beyond say the press release, uh, this also needs to be a, get a buy-in from several other stakeholders, right? You know, I mean, going back to say an Amazon kind of a setup, right? Uh, so, how do you go about, you know, really uh, uh, doing, uh, you know, the, the right words to use, and what are the do's and don'ts? Which uh, because I've seen enough on internet around those, you know, use adjectives, use this and that. But from a day-to-day uh, -day perspective, you know, what are some of those uh, do's and don'ts that you would you have seen and you would recommend uh, from uh, from I'm a writing perspective? Definitely. And I've, I've actually, I, I did tweet about this as well a few days ago. Yes. I pin it on my Twitter. I, I think what I've found to be very useful is uh, uh, just direct tone. So, you know, mm -hmm. simpler sentences, shorter sentences, direct tone, fewer adjectives or no adjectives, uh, clear voice and clear answers. I think those things. So typically, you know, uh, you begin by stating the clear purpose and clarity of purpose means you describe, hey, you know, what is this meeting about or what is this doc about or what is this feature about? And you also describe what it is not about. So that just kind of draws the boundaries, very straightforward. Uh, and you know, so if you are doing a product, you can say, hey, look, this, this is what we're going to do, describe today and go through today. And this is what we are not going to do, describe today uh, in, in the conversation or in the doc uh, to set expectations. Also, uh, in terms of, you know, when you write the FAQs, uh, uh, it's really be very direct in terms of, you know, um, if you don't know the answer to something, you know, just just say that, hey, look, this this is an open question and we don't know the answer yet or this hypothesis needs to be validated or invalidated and we are going to do experiment one, two and three or customer conversation one, two and three to do that as opposed to kind of answering it in a roundabout way, just you know, be very straightforward. Uh, so 
uh, oftentimes, you know, when you write things down, um, the format that I have found valuable and helpful is uh, um, is, is to answer answer the question by stating not stating the answers to not just you know what is the answer, but also say okay, somebody asked a question. What is X Y Z? You answer by saying, no. "Well, X Y Z is this." But you want to go as a as a mature product leader or a founder. You want to go two or three steps deeper by not answering just what, but also say, "So what?" Like, what does that yeah. mean? Like, okay, this is the answer. So, so what does that mean for our situation, or for our customers, or what for the market, or for our competitors, or for our uh, our industry, or or our timing? Um, and also go one step deeper and say, now what? So this format, simple format of for every answer, really thinking about and answering it by saying what, so what, and now what, uh, has a lot because that by forcing yourself to answer those three uh, dimensions of of any any question, it, it kind of forces you to think through second and third degree ramifications of. Of a decision or of a, of a subject matter. Oh, that's uh, super interesting. Yeah, and then uh, basic things, you know, use numbers and you know, being being very straightforward. Uh, instead of saying, "Hey, we grew very fast," just say, "Hey, we grew from X percent to Y percent," which was a year-over-year increase of you know Z axis. It's just be precise, mm-hmm. precise. Use specific numbers to the extent you can. Um, and uh, just you know, I, I've always found simpler, fewer sentences to be more effective than long-winded paragraphs. Yes, in, in fact, you know the the funny thing is that even for uh, uh, for our sales pitch to customers, we have started creating these sort of memos on Notion. Yeah, you know, uh, because we just think that it's far more effective than sending a presentation, which is like full of gas, right? You know, uh, so instead, if you can just share some key numbers and details, uh, it just adds to that. And and your whole point, you know, around the what, so what, and now what is like really uh, very, very, very interesting because uh, this, I mean, so what really hurts you, right? So I'm launching this power product. So what? You know, um, so I think that that's that's really interesting, and I'm definitely going to try this. Uh, so, so one of the things that I've often wondered is that how do you measure the success of this process? You know, I mean, this whole uh, even at scale that you know uh, there was a certain hypothesis, and then you went around it. You know, we we we, we all agreed to this say uh, the whole PRFQ process, but how do we measure the success of it? Because uh, at, at PR, PR FAQ stage, do we have numbers? Do we add numbers? Do we kind of say that you know we will grow by say ten percent or twenty percent month on month? It depends on the stage of the product cycle, stage mm-hmm. of the. Let's say it's a uh, new, stage, the, new product. Yeah, I think the it's really uh, you know, the primary audience is you, right? Mm-hmm. So you want to just make sure that. Uh, uh, the way to measure the success is uh, whether you know you won that race against uncertainty and time. Like for instance, you allocated X X time to to deliver a certain project, 
or build a certain product or build a certain company uh, and there are certain unknowns i've always looked at this as a great exercise in risk risk allocation uh, <laughs> risk this is you know building startups or product is all about risk and managing risk appropriately and as as founders or product leaders or product builders we need to uh, you know take risk treat risk as currency so if you have uh, 1000 rupees to spend 1000 rupees worth of risk to spend uh, the idea is to you know figure out whether you want to spend 900 rupees worth of risk on on risk uh, risk on one thing and 100 rupees worth on worth of risk on the other yeah. or do you want to do uh, you know 100 rupees worth on risk 1 300 rupees on risk 2 400 yes. rupees on risk 3 and so on and figuring out uh, and could be whether you know the person to hire in case of a founder or the customer to get uh, in case of a founder and so on whatever the risk is risk is something that's that needs to be done i think the way mm-hmm. i measure the success is uh, to see at the end whether the risk whether this exercises help me in optimal risk allocation based on the data we had at the time and then you can always you know go back and once the product is launched you can go back and look at hey are are some of the hypotheses that you had in the beginning are they resonating how are they resonating well with with the actual customers and if if somebody actually writes a press release you know many products where they've launched and the actual press release that you know techcrunch or wall street journal may write about your product it's uh, you know how rel- how uh, similar it ends up being to the internal mock press release you wrote a year ago or several months ago before you wrote in when you were just starting to think about that product that's another proxy to measure the success but the the high order bit is to really uh, make sure that you no know, you you're building the right product at the right time and is this is this artifact helping you do that uh, another collateral benefit especially in larger teams is is that this once you've written this doc it actually serves as a strong communication uh artifact where you can you know get your other stakeholders whether in the engineering team or the marketing team or the sales teams on board with the broader vision and in in best cases you you know ideally all the other stakeholders have been part of creating these documents but even if somebody was not part of creating the document and if they have joined the team later or joined the project later uh this document serves as a source of truth uh not only for the user stories and and the actual feature but but what are we building why are we building who are we building it for how are we going to describe it to the customers what are the risks and so on so uh it there are multiple ways this this has been helpful and the success measure is is really a function of of what you define as the success criteria different teams based on the size of the company size of the team stage of the product cycle may have different goals that makes sense so yeah, very interesting uh, yeah, i mean uh, i never looked at it from a risk allocation point of view and i think uh, uh, the more i hear about this aspect uh, i mean i'm getting more clarity in terms of you know uh, why this process is uh, uh, a lot more meaningful because because uh, a, a lot of those risks are actually in the minds of the leader or the founder but it's never written down yeah you know so, so yeah so that, that that's that's very interesting um uh, and, and uh, uh, so uh, 
is is this something is is this process something where you know you do it for external products or you know or or even for the internal ones everything we do it for processes for internal products and this doesn't need to be a long stretched out process you know, it could be as long mm-hmm. as you write something down um i think it's also like one of the biggest success metric i guess is just from the previous question is is really the culture of writing and culture of uh, both seeking and giving candid feedback you know having this document or artifacts uh, it really helps create a vocabulary and a, and a forum for folks to respectfully challenge uh something when it's too early in the product the product life cycle where you know it's is actually okay to kind of shut something down and so on uh so uh speaking up making sure there is there is alignment and no contradiction in the value system across all the stakeholders i think it really helps with that so uh, more folks do it across across the board uh both for internal and external projects i think better better it is uh it also holds everyone accountable especially the founders and the product teams accountable to ensure that uh, uh they are they're using the right listening posts and they're comprehensive in using the listening posts so you know customer feedback competitive benchmarking usage metrics macro trends uh and uh, helps create this you know self-fulfilling uh, loop of learning and building learning and building you know iterative loop of uh, iterative feedback loop of learning and building and this the these artifacts the press release and the faqs um they they serve as scaffolding for to to facilitate this this feedback loop yep yep one of the things uh, is also on the uh, the number of rejections post the pr faq i mean i'm i'm just wondering that you know uh i mean i'm not uh, you know uh, uh, expecting you to give a number but uh, do you see you know, what's a good percentage in terms of uh, you know the uh, rejection rate of an idea post a pr faq process oh gotcha yeah it's not like so just to repeat the question i think there was a little bit of a lag there but i think that the rejection rate of press releases uh, that get approved versus not uh it really varies you know from person to person and project to project i think the idea is the best ones are the ones where you know you reject you five or six pr facts and uh on the seventh one you end up hitting the right idea uh, for the same broader vision it's less about you know from a business plan perspective but it's more about like how to solve a certain problem or if you've decided to you have the product direction fit as you were describing earlier you know what you generally want to describe uh, or what you generally want to build uh, but you may not know you know when you have the pin code finalized or figured out but you don't know the exact lane or exact house that you're going to go after uh, the press release uh, and faqs they help you narrow down from the pin code to the actual actual house for instance if you if you were to use the real estate metaphor so uh, i i think the rejection rate and so on is it's such an iterative process where you know it's not that common for the entire press release to be thrown away it's more about hey maybe you know is this is this the large enough vision uh, is this vision large enough or is this uh, uh, v1 version one of the product is that accessible and small enough where we can actually build it quickly and start getting 
feedback from real users, real customers out in the wild. Um, I think that's where the iterations come in. Um, broader ideas getting rejected or not, it, it really varies on the, you know, there are some uh, greenfield areas where a lot of things may get rejected versus there are, you know, you may be working in a more mature area where very few or not, none of the projects get rejected. It's just that, no, they are not ambitious enough to begin with. So they're more about tweaks. Yes, Pooja, what do you Hi, Kingdom. Hi, Pooja. Uh, I think that, uh, like, usually for uh, creating those documents, you have a feedback mechanism in terms of a team giving you feedback on six pages. But uh, when you are, like, you know, creating a document for a startup idea that you would have, uh, how would you or who would you approach for feedback in that case? Got it. I, I think, depend. I mean, ideally, you it's you know it's a few stakeholders and then there are a subset of the questions in the uh, in your startup in in your plan where you want to get feedback from and ideally customers you can get that feedback from customers where you know this is more of a you know just say hey do you you do you see yourself you can ask a customer like hey do you see yourself uh, uh, like what are your top pain points i mean it's, it's really you know it serves as a journaling exercise at that point. For instance, okay. when you talk, uh, I've at least found customer conversations to be the best ones in, in ideating for a startup more than anything else. And then at some point, you know, once you've identified some of the learning, some of the hypotheses, narrowed down some of the areas you want to tackle, that's when you know you, you may write up a pitch and share it with investors, some friendly investors or other entrepreneurs to kind of get it validated before you go out in the market to raise money. But uh, really, I mean, and I wouldn't share the entire press release with the customers, but no, take aspects of the press release and really listen to what the customers are saying. You know, for instance, a core component of the press release would be customer pain point or who the customer is. And the way you could do that is just talk to some of those customers and validate whether it's the right pain point or not. Okay. Thank you for your interest. Yeah, no worries. And Kindred, what's the iterative process? I mean, typically, say at Amazon scale, uh, what were the number of iterations that one would go for, you know, post the, I mean, during the PRFQ process itself? So, so let's say if, if I start, if I present the PRFQ on, say, for a new product uh, on Monday, you know, and there are obviously a lot of questions around it. So, when when do we, you know, finish this process so that we actually get to a development stage or you know the next next step in budgeting and all that? Uh, yeah, typically it's, it's a it's a combination of asynchronous. You know, a lot mm-hmm. of you know a lot of the docs are just uh, you know everyone can most of the stakeholders can do pre reviews uh, and add comments. If not all, like some of the stakeholders will do pre reviews uh, asynchronously, add comments. You no. Know, get their questions answered asynchronously and then uh, you'd kind of time box it set, set up some time where everyone gets in a room and read the doc and and then provide their feedback it depends on the nature of the feedback uh, and how you know and the delta the deviation from what was proposed and what was discussed uh, i think it, it the the next steps may vary but typically you know things are if the doc is good things are quite fast 
Yeah. The idea is to really ensure that the doc is comprehensive. It has looked at all the all the angles, most of the angles. Uh, it is the right long-term thing to do for the customers. It's holding the right bar, quality bar for the customers, and uh, it's something that's uh, that's truly adding value to the to the economy to the industry, and and doing so in a structurally profitable way, in a unique way. I think some those are some of the things that get discussed. And then on the internal stakeholder side, hey, the feasibility is it really doable in, with the resources? Uh, are these the right amount of resources needed for this, or should we go bigger? Should we go smaller? Those are the questions. Those are the types of questions that come up. And uh, depending on the magnitude of the project, or and and the amount of open questions, number of open questions, I think the iterations may vary. But I've seen things go from from pitch to development in a in a week and as in some where it has taken a few months or a couple of months i'd say got it got it so so my my last question is around the hiring process i mean do you uh, because there's a lot of writing culture and i mean i actually love that part because uh, uh, writing enables a lot of asynchronous communication also you know but uh, when it comes to hiring process do you also look for people who are good at articulating or you know uh, in, in in general uh, you know who are uh, more used to writing kind of a culture instead of uh, uh, those those who have never been in that um yeah i mean if the role requires writing or if it's a senior role there is actually a writing exercise that you know we a very short you no know, one two pager uh, doc that we we tend to ask candidates like for all product roles definitely we write we ask them to write a doc uh as part of the interview and it's like it's a one pager two pager not a very long doc or something they can write in half an hour but just to get a perspective of their thinking and their clarity of thought around describing and describing an idea of their choice so that's one thing but it's also you know writing is just a reflection of how somebody thinks and and some of that can be also uh i think can discern it from their answers how structural their answers are and and you know yeah. and and how you know how how they approach at what level do they at what altitude are they answering you know and you can you can imagine a simple question you can ask in the interview that tell me about your most uh you know most significant professional achievement and you can imagine the answer can can vary from candidate to candidate uh, and you can ask a ton of follow up questions that hey why why did you pick this as the biggest professional achievement why are you most proud about it uh, is it because of uh uh the impact or is it because of the effort it took or because of the hardships you need to needed to go through and you can kind of go understand you know what really matters to that person and how articulate they are in in describing do they really know why they picked something as an answer um so i think writing is less about the syn- syntax or less about the semantics or grammar and more about the clarity of thought and i think it's once you have five or six conversations with somebody over the course of you know the entire process um typically it's you can discern it I'm sure there are always all kinds of false positives but and yes. false negative but uh uh I found that you no know, for specific roles you no know, it's uh, 
is quite discernible even just from conversations yep yep cool i think uh, that's pretty much from my side uh, thanks kintan i think this is really useful and really really helpful uh, thanks for uh, spending your time and you know it's pretty late for you over there, over there. so yeah thanks again thank you for letting me weigh in and uh, yeah if you have any questions you know ping me on uh, on twitter or something you know you know how to get to me and uh, yeah. uh, uh, thanks for letting me weigh in and glad to meet everyone thank you